Hello, and welcome to the podcast program In Community and Company, a series of conversations that examines how communities galvanize. I'm your host, Asa Anna. Music has always been a way to connect and rally people. Um, there was a study out of Oxford University that said in the early days of the pandemic reaching Europe, the world watched as Italians emerged onto the balconies to sing the national anthem together with an occasional performance by an opera star. Um, but the effect is certainly not confined to Italians. COVID-19 created an international music reaction uh, uh, around the world. Um, you know, music galvanizes neighborhoods. Um, one, one particular neighborhood that it did galvanize is in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania region in the north side um, by way of the Deutschtown Music Festival. And no better uh, person to talk about how music connects people is with our guest today, Cody Walters. Cody is the Main Street and Events Director at the Northside Leadership Conference. In 2012, Cody created the Deutschtown Music Festival. Uh, that's correct. Actually, it was 2013. Oh, 2013. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. Oh, okay. 2013. So, um, yeah, but uh, how you doing, Asa? Uh, thank yeah. you for having me. Um, yeah, and uh, so this is actually our 10th year putting it on. Um, and uh it's uh, with a little um, asterisk next to the, the pandemic. We did a little mini fest last year and uh, we did a, a online um, a thing in, in 2020. And um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, music is, um, you know, historically, it's always been, um, you know, something humans have communed around. And, um, you know, whether it was through other organizations, whether they be, you know, religious or secular or, or whatnot, um, you know, music was always part of uh, community. Um, and, um, you know, in my neighborhood, uh, specifically, I live in Deutschtown. Um, yeah, when I when I moved there, and, I, and I'd, I'd kind of grown up uh, around the north side, sort of uh, went to high school there at North Catholic. And, um, uh, it, you know, north side gets kind of lumped in as one big, uh, you know, place in the in the mind of the Pittsburgher a lot of our news reporting and Northside is actually 18 different communities it was once its own city um, Allegheny City uh, in 1907 it was absorbed into into Pittsburgh forcibly on December 7th uh, you know a, a, a day that lives in infamy twice for us Northsiders <laughs> um, and um, so uh, you know it, it's uh, you know these different neighborhoods um lost a lot of their identity when that happened and um you know when i'd explain where i lived in the north side people had really no idea where that was deutschtown um you know the the german immigrants uh had settled there for a long time and then after world war one it was largely croatian um immigrants mm -hmm. and um but uh, and, and at that point, they started calling it Dutch Town or Dutch Town. So people don't even know how to pronounce this right. thing correctly, um, mm -hmm. you know. And um, and so uh, uh, it, it was a, a period of time where, you know, I was putting on a, a couple different like bar crawls ar around the neighborhood. And, and uh, you know, people were enjoying those. And, and they kind of said, hey, let's do something in the spring. And. Um, at that point, I, I didn't want to do another bar crawl. I didn't want to go that route. And um, I, I kind of wanted to highlight something we already had, which was live music uh, at that moment in time. And around like 2012, 2013, um, we had a, a great historic jazz club that had, had sort of reopened uh, in James Street Tavern. Um, and um, 
they had uh, you know a basement jazz club and an upstairs ballroom and there was the park house which was a, a long-standing um, you know it actually was the first bar to get their liquor license after prohibition is that so, right wow um, in the in the Pittsburgh region so yeah. they, they claimed the oldest uh, the oldest bar in Pittsburgh but <laughs> it's you know a technicality and they were having live music almost five nights a week at that point and uh, the Elks Club uh, which uh, every Wednesday they still have uh, the banjo club um, a Pittsburgh banjo club which is this uh, crazy weird makeup of this crowd of you know old retirees who come in and um, hipsters that go to the bar and families with kids and they have dinner there and it's open to the public even though it's a, a, a private club and um, it's these old guys playing banjo and uh, it's just a unique uh, phenomenon and so my thought originally um, was all right we have four venues and let's have four venues 12 bands and call it the Deutschtown Music Festival um, just that first year, uh, it was kind of amazing the, um, the response from all the different, um, businesses in the neighborhood who, uh, and, and neighbors and volunteers, um, you know, I put out a call for, for volunteers and, um, you know, we had like, I think 35 or 40 people show up, uh, that, wow. that first night, just on planning and everyone had great ideas and everyone wanted to get involved and um those first two years the bands all wanted to play for free because there was nothing really like this happening i mean there was another event um called rant rock all night um tour lawrenceville and um they had come the year before us and we kind of modeled ourselves a little bit after that um but uh you know, everyone just kept saying yes. And what, how, why how do you do we think do that? Why do you think that? What was the motivation for folks to participate? What was that driving <sighs> force, you think? I think because it was, um, from the community standpoint, it was community-driven. There hadn't been a lot um, going on on the north side. There wasn't stuff for hmm. us. And it was like, oh, um, here's here's something that we can do that's positive that's community oriented right that's arts driven mm -hmm. um and um you know and it's it's something for everybody you know it's music it's right you know it's uh, during the day you bring out the whole family you bring out the kids you bring your dog you walk through the park um and you know and then also there's you know the 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 beer area where you know your younger people can come and you know, potentially meet a mate or, mm -hmm. you know, go out and have fun and, um, you know, imbibe, kick off a little steam. And, um, you know, just that first year, we had 10 venues and 47 bands. Wow. And um, uh, it's also an opportunity to discover something that you've never heard before or a band that you've never seen before. And then that's potential to go... 10 other places you've never been before right. because if you follow that band then great or discover a place you've never been mm -hmm. before um, these are venues that um, a lot of people have never even gone to right. um, and so um, the act of discovery and exploration hmm. also is in all of this as well come to a neighborhood you've never been before um, and that kind of stemmed from also these bar crawls uh, you know like the idea of a bar crawl is you know, you get with a, a group of people you, you are familiar with, but you go to a place you may have not been familiar with. Right. 
and um, it allows for a breaking of barriers and um, uh, everybody was very welcoming you know um, you know Northside is is uh, quite diverse and sometimes you don't necessarily um, feel welcome in a place because you don't necessarily look like the majority of the patrons there or vice versa and um, you know none of those places that may have seemed off-putting to somebody or somebody else were off-putting at all you know those those were the most welcoming mm -hmm. of all places yeah and right. it's like no come on in man everybody's welcome yeah, here yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting too it's it's not only about making that important connection but the the beauty of what you did and what you continue to do is you have in the north side you have assets. You have you you have, you have creative capital. The, you you identified these assets um, that are ready, readily available that that could advance the mission of artistic and cultural practice. What you did was just illuminate them and make connections in many ways. And 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 I don't think anybody really did that until this festival came about. Um, can you you know how did you explain the connectivity of these really diverse cultural, I guess institutions or platforms or well, I mean, I can't say that no one did that prior. You know, that's <laughs> I, I, sure. Uh, you know, the the festival does a lot to highlight. Um, you know, all the the different assets uh, that we have. I mean, I I try to cram um, fun and music into every nook and cranny of the <laughs> North Side that I possibly can. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, we're up to four hundred bands and. 40 stages back in 2019 that's our goal wow. is to get back there this year with our you know 10th yeah. year and um our grand return yeah. um but um I, you know we have amazing cultural institutions the warhol um artist image resource uh you know city of asylum and um the mattress factory and um, you know, a lot of that's that's visual art, but we have, you know, uh, James Street's going to be reopening this year, and the Park House is reopening under new ownership, and um, Government Center Records has, um, you know, opened uh, in a new spot, and they're having live shows, um, and there's a number of other music venues that are that are, um, you know, in the works right now, and um, you know, my hope with this festival was to eventually make the North Side the home of live music in Pittsburgh, or, or in Pittsburgh, in the mind of the Pittsburgher. Mm -hmm. um, one of the really cool things we kind of found out in 2019, which we weren't really even aiming for, was um, we use uh, Reverb Nation to recruit um, our uh, our national acts. And uh, they're the largest warehousing site for um, independent mm. um, artists as well as venues and festivals throughout the country. And um, they uh, let us know that we were the largest independent music, three-day music, free three-day music festival in the country wow. at 400 bands. Um, and, uh, you know, in 2019, 395 of those were on Friday and Saturday. So, I mean, we had five bands for our, our gospel brunch on Sunday. And um, it really made us think about this in kind of a different way. Like, this is something totally unique to this city. It's not just a Northside festival. It's a, um, you know, something that, that Pittsburgh can be um, proud of as, you know, uh, that differentiates us from any other city here. 
and um, you know people should be traveling to come see this. This is this is unique, and we have amazing arts and culture here that um, rival you know any other city. Uh, and I think it's you know my my goal with this now is to highlight our artists in a way you know similar to cities like New Orleans um, you know I think New Orleans music culture is ingrained in everything you know it starts in the schools everyone mm-hmm. gets an instrument it's in the streets um, it's, you know? it's yeah in, it's in the fabric right. of their their being it's the it's the food it's the culture it's right. the music it's um, you know and it's a uh, it's a business too like anyone who can play an instrument can make an extra book mm-hmm. um, and uh, beyond that actually have careers in that and it's not you know when people think about music careers they think instantly selling albums Fame. playing gigs yeah. and it's like there's so much more to it there's the sound tech aspect there's the um, lighting and staging and there's the marketing and the management and the production and recording and um, and then the teaching side, you know, like there's amazing teachers that are also in the music industry, but are, you know, doing gigs at night and, and having their creative side as well. And so, um, you know, incorporating all that into a music scene is... Um, you know, something that that we can do. You know, it's amazing that we have these great artists that have made national careers like Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller. Um, and it's great. They give us, you know, amazing nods back to Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, there's Trombone Shorty who travels the world but goes back to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is home. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if our... Uh, you know, if the residents of Allegheny County gave our artists one sixteenth the attention they give to our sports, then I think you know we'd be in an amazing position where our artists would be flourishing. For sure. If every venue you walked into, whether it's you know the bar that has a guitarist playing, you pulled out a five dollar right. bill like you do in New Orleans, even if you go in and don't like it, if that was just your automatic you know modus operandi mm-hmm. then you know like the uh the economy of scale would would yeah. you know vastly um change for for the artists let me ask you something um you know this is it's a, it's a remarkable festival have you what kind of challenges did you face what what obstacles did you overcome to see this festival come to fruition you know oh. working working in the community you know, you work for the Northside Leadership Conference. Clearly, there's a value in this, the uh, art and music in community. And I guess there's, but that also comes with the series of challenges and maybe opportunities too. Certainly. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't originally, this started out as a volunteer project. It predated my, uh, my right. employment with the conference. And um, it's kind of how I was recruited to, to work there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and put on other events as well as, you know, promote the businesses, um, uh, you know, of the North side and recruit new, new businesses, um, there. Um, but really I think, um, you know, some of the challenges came 
from community, but it was it was an odd thing. There was uh, some individuals who also blocked some other projects, the uh, garden theater project, and um, I guess in a very kind way I can say these were obstructionists and curmudgeons um, no. without mentioning names. <laughs> and um, kind of the amazing part was, you know, they were making claims that weren't were not valid. Uh, you know, the festival was a big drinking festival or the festival left all this litter. And um, these were not these were not true. But what these did was made us better as a festival mm-hmm. um, because we are, you know, the cleanest two days of the year in the entire uh, footprint of the festival for the whole neighborhood are the day before and the day after mm-hmm. the fest. And we take absolute pride in that Mm -hmm. and um that's you know uh, you know our best our most liked picture of the year every year is uh, or group of pictures on social media is that the day after the festival when we post this is what it looks like now and it's like there's nothing left and there's no litter there's no anything um you know also you know they they kind of um you know Oh, the fire marshal and this building isn't correct with occupancy permits. All it's done is just made us better with our our relationships with the different services. Mm-hmm. Like state police came out in force. We estimated we had um, fifty thousand people that came out uh, throughout the festival in twenty nineteen, and uh, the state police couldn't believe it. They were only able to issue two citations, and it was for two girls for underage drinking. And um, they had beer in a book bag, uh, and they couldn't determine where they had purchased that beer or where they had gotten it. It could have been right. from Dad's fridge, sure. you know. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I was that 16 year old <laughs> or whatever, you know. Like, you know, in, yeah. in in my day, if that's all you found at a I festival know, right? of 50,000 people, yes. like, yes. Um, we're doing pretty good. And right. and the thing is, it is community based. I live in that neighborhood. Right. I don't want it to be littered. I don't want it to be something unsafe where people were drinking and driving and um you know uh, creating harm like it's 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 that's not what we're doing and so those little attacks while yes they absolutely uh, you know i lost my mind Mm. while they were happening (laughs) um in the long run they just made us better um and uh you know the all the all the different services and um you know the firemen, the policemen—they've all been amazing, and they—they've they've worked with our crowds. Mm-hmm. They've um, been been very, uh, very good, and um, you know having those relationships be good is 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 fantastic because right. you know sometimes they aren't good mm-hmm. in in community, and and you want them to be great for your community as right. well. Um, so yeah, uh, I think. Some of the challenges have been um, just that, a challenge, and then you overcome them right. and uh, become better for it. How do you articulate to the musicians? Do, do they have a sense of being a part of the festival, or do they have a sense of being part of Pittsburgh and the neighborhood? Is that articulated? Is that intentional? Or are you just trying to provide a platform for folks to play? Because it seems like you had a lot of... So I, I probably up front, that was more of the messaging yeah. for certain. Right. Um, I think the... The, because the goal I originally I think was branding of of Deutschtown itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that in spades. I, I, that is, is probably a goal that we no longer are are 
you know, focused on. The brand, uh, Deutschtown, uh, the place as well as the fest, is doing great. Right. Uh, people know where Deutschtown is in mm-hmm. the city of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first moved there, it was a 10-minute explanation of where exactly <laughs> I live. Um, that no longer happens. Um, but, um, you know, now I think it's... Uh, you know, more of a focus on on promoting the artists, and that, right. that is kind of the forefront: promoting the artists, promoting the arts, um, making this a city of celebrating the arts. Right, um, is is kind of where where we're going with with you know our focus in, that, in this festival. Now, do you think, and just kind of talking it through, do you think that there's an element that you might lose community because of the size? You see where I'm going with this? Like, where, no, where, where the motivation? And and um, you know, with our, uh, you know, I conti- uh, My goal is is to continue to grow, certainly, and um, but with that, you have to be delicate. Like, right. I I don't want to um, grow to the point where I'm damaging community. Like, these are my neighbors. Right. I'm cognizant of that. You and, live there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a five-year-old daughter, or soon-to-be five-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I want her to be able to safely navigate mm-hmm. this fest whenever she's 12 and 13, or whenever I am able to go, yeah, go explore by yourself. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, you know, the the beauty of where we're located, though, is um, I'm you know we've already expanded beyond Deutschtown's tiny little footprint. Right. Um, we're throughout the whole uh, flats of the North Side pretty much at this point. Expanded into what's called the North Shore, although there's no shores in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, could be the North Strand or right. the North. It's you know, uh, but um, the North River Bank. Yes, something. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, there's stadiums there. There's mm-hmm. Stage AE. There's a whole city, you know, Point State Park. There's, uh, you know, there's plenty of room for growth that does not have to be within the actual neighborhood. Right. We can keep our same community-based feel within the neighborhood and continue to grow the festival. Because, um, like I said, there's Deutschtown the place and there's Deutschtown the festival. Right. And um, we never have to lose our free component that is the neighborhood component Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, eventually grow to something that is more of a national-based giant festival that could, you know, fill Heinz Field or fill PNC Park. Now, are we anywhere necessarily close to that yet? I know, but um, you know, the sky is the limit. Really, our growth potential is infinite. Yeah, um, and we are, you know, being Pittsburgh, we are so geographically close to um, all these, you know, rural areas mm-hmm. that, like, instead of being a camping festival in the middle of a field, we can have camping in fields and bust them into sure. our city. For sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, if we run out of hotel space, right? We have options. So, For sure. Um, you know, there's, there's, like I said, there's infinite potential to continue to grow, but right. to still make make sure that we are cognizant and um, considerate of our neighbors, of your neighbors. Uh, Cody, uh, thank you so much for this great conversation. You're doing amazing things in the North Side. You're doing amazing things all over the world. You're going to festivals <laughs> all over the world. You're bringing um, music and 
uh, art and 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 brilliance to 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 our world. And I thank you enough. Thank thank you for this good conversation too. Oh, uh, it's my my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, yeah. thanks for for having me uh, here at uh, Point. Point Park, uh, and uh, you know this was uh, this was a pleasure. So. Yeah. To learn more about the Deutschtown Music Festival, visit DeutschtownMusicFestival.com. Uh, In Community and Company is produced and recorded at the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. Thank you to Heather Star Fiedler, Chair of the Department of Community Engagement, and Andrew Conti, Director of the Center. Thanks to Tanner Knapp and Wayne Gaines for some studio technician help, and uh, thank you for listening.